Tanya for the ninth of Nisan. First, the story. The, the Chassid of the Baal Shem Tev, Reb Michal of Slavshev, was once traveling to the Baal Shem Tev, and along the way, he stopped at a tavern, and this tavern was owned by a man with a very bad reputation of not liking his fellow Jews. He would, um, he would make policies that Jews couldn't enter the area, and he clearly had connections. And any Jew that came, he was only Jew in that, in that city. And he would make it very difficult for the passing Jews. And people really didn't, they didn't appreciate him. They didn't like him. And um, where Michal Zosha passed by the village and the wheel broke. And then he passed, he, the, the man went back to the village to fix the wheel. He came back and the wheel broke again. And it was getting close to Shabbos, and Michal Zolashev realized he has no choice but to go back to the to the village, to the one Jew in the village. He came to him and he told him, "I need to stay here for Shabbos." And the man, the Jewish innkeeper, was furious and he screamed, "Who told you to come here? You're not welcome in this village. Don't you know my reputation?" He screamed at him. The tzaddik told him very calmly, he "said Listen, we don't need food, we don't need drink. I just need a place to stay." And the tavern, oh, the innkeeper uh, uh, agreed. But he said, I don't want you to start spreading the words that I'm hospitable. I don't want to start making this a, into a pattern. You're welcome to stay here for Shabbos. Don't, uh, don't, don't spread the word about this. I'm not giving you any food or drink. If you have your own, you have your own. But Michal Zlotchev stayed there for Shabbos and then made his way to the Baal Shem Tov. And when he made his way to the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov actually asked him, where were you for Shabbos? And he told him. And he spent his time, however long he spent with the Baal Shem Tov. And on the way back to wherever he was going, he passed by the same village. And he sees the woman, the wife of this innkeeper, was standing by the highway, by the, by the main road. And she, uh, there was a carriage next to her. And as he approached, he saw that the innkeeper was lying dead on the carriage. And so Michal Zlotchev saw people as he got closer, he saw that people were all whispering and all people said were, they were very pleased that this man had died because this man was a dreadful person. But as he came closer, the wife pulled him aside and told him that her husband was a, a tzaddik minister. Her husband was a secret tzaddik and he had bankrolled incredible um, kindness. He, he wanted to keep his reputation as a non a not good person, but he had bankrolled incredible operations of charity in, in, in other cities they were all, on, all paid for by him. And she told him, she said she's waiting by the highway. He was, her husband told her before she passed away that two people are going to come to take care of his body for burial and she shouldn't let anyone else do it. And so she was waiting. So Michal Zashtav waited too. And a short while later, a wagon shows up with two men. And the two men get off and they prepare the body for burial. And they bury, they bury, they bury this man. And Michal Zlotch later said, one of the people I know, one of the people I don't. The person I recognize as Eliyahu Anabi, the other person I don't know who it was. Beautiful story about, you know, a very unique way a person spent his life doing love and fear of God without, with complete anonymity. And chapter 40 is finally concluding uh, a topic, a topic of love and fear, the advantage and the, the, the what goes on when we do a mitzvah with love and fear versus what goes on when we do a mitzvah without love and fear. And the altar ever brought us through an entire journey about the, the, the subtleties between the differences, that there's not just one highway, let's call it, of doing a mitzvah with love and fear of God and then another highway, but it is so much detail within it. But most important, what we've discovered throughout these few chapters until finally concluding today is that 
comparing what goes on when a person has love and fear, when they do a mitzvah, they put a coin in tzedakah and they think for a moment, I love God and I fear God. And that, what the details of, of how to love and fear God, that's going to be the discussion moving forward in chapter 41. But when a person has love and fear and they do a mitzvah, it's so much greater when a person just drops the coin in tzedakah. And yes, both of them touch the unlimited will of God, yet the difference between the two is impossible to measure. Like we said yesterday, Tanya, between a bird that can fly and a bird that can't. Vehine, the last words of the chapter 40. After the Chilu Rechimu Hem Gam Kein Tayyag Mitzvah, the author finishes off with a very obvious question. We've been talking about love and fear as if it's some accessory to a mitzvah. You have tzedakah, and then while well, then you could like power up, you could 10x your tzedakah by having love and fear. But says the will hold up, Loving God is an actual positive mitzvah. Fearing God is an actual positive mitzvah. So why are we describing it like wings to a bird when it's a bird of its own? It's a creature of its own. It's its own positive mitzvah. Nonetheless, even though it is true that they are one of the, the two of the respective 613 mitzvahs, they are called wings. What's the point of love? So, you know, you have in relationship, people say, I love you so much. And they say, well, take out the garbage. Well, I, I, I'm not interested in taking out the garbage. I just love you so much. The person said, well, that's, that's not much love. You're not willing to do anything for me. Love needs to be accompanied in this world nowadays by an action. So someone says, I love you so much. Okay, put on to fill on. That makes sense. I fear you so much. Don't do such and such a veyron. Love and fear nowadays in this world, the way it personally is, love and fear always needs to be accompanied by an actual action. So yes, love and fear is its own positive mitzvahs. Nonetheless, the true um, fruition of love and fear has to be accompanied by something. Now, Atabah says, well, truth be told, there is such a thing still of love without anything accompanied, just loving and delighting in God. Which is, you know, a person receiving his reward after 120, or when Shia comes, his world's going to be just, just loving God for the sake of loving God, not even in, with a... With a driving force of a mitzvah connected to it. But yes, there is really a love and fear that doesn't need to be accompanied by an action. But we live in this practical world right now. And therefore, when we love God, it needs to be weaponized with something. You need to, be, you need to throw that love into something practical, taking out the garbage for God, doing something positive for God, whatever it is. So your average person, Outside of the extreme tzaddikim, we were able to reach this level of Mashiach before Mashiach even came. And the person feeling this incredible love towards God, and he's he wants to fulfill it with something for the highest of tzaddikim. Well, when Mashiach comes, that itself is going to be a level where people are just going to want to have God. But nowadays, a person has a love towards God. But Says nowadays a person that has this love towards God and just stands and says, well, God, I love you so much. Well, that's ridiculous. It's like a person standing by the river and saying, I need water. Drink, bend down, take the water from the river. So nowadays when a person has a love, the love needs to be put into something practical. It needs to be put into the tefillin that he's wearing. It needs to be put into the kindness that he does to someone, the tzedakah he gives to whatever the case is, he needs to actually put it towards something. That a person that wants to learn Torah should go and learn Torah. So why is this, why does the Navi um, tell us all those that need to um, um, all those need to go to water, go drink water? Of course, the answer is because there are people that love God 
and their love hasn't been translated into something practical. And says the Navi, you need to nowadays, before Mashiach comes, take your love and put it into something. If you're standing by the water and you have this thirst, bend down and drink. Because saying I'm thirsty, saying I love God nowadays, it's it's not it's not helping anyone. You need to do a mitzvah without love. So yes, mitzvah, yes, the mitzvah of love and fear is its own practical mitzvah. Each one respectful. That's two mitzvahs. Love and fear is one mitzvah each. Nonetheless, nowadays we're not holding the level where that's just enough. You need to take that mitzvah and put it into something. elsewhere at great length. So in summary, there's so many ideas we can take from the past five chapters of Tanya, but the one thing that's very important that's going to lead on to tomorrow's Tanya is that um, a person needs to have love and fear, and love and fear in a mitzvah changes the mitzvah entirely. It's an entirely different mitzvah. Thank you so much for joining Tanya. Tanya is an interesting time. I'm going to show you how to push the first time. I'm going to show you how to push the first time. I'm going to show you how to push the first time. This one, Leah, and anyone else that needs to push Leah, you know, but I have a wonderful and very successful day, and thank you so much for joining.